But for myself, I will glory nothing but in my infirmities. That comes from today's epistle. And from the words of Our Lady to St. Bernadette, I promise to make you happy, not in this world, but in the next. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Bishop McGuire finishes up his, uh, his journey to France this week where he is uh, performing mission work to bring the sacrament of confirmation to the faithful over there. And it reminded me that combined with yesterday's feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, reminded me of when nine years ago he and I went to France together and during that trip, we journeyed to Nevers, to the convent there where the body, the incorrupt body of St. Bernadette lay out for those who, pilgrims who come to pray before her. We were very excited about being able to go and see St. Bernadette. And we drove quite a ways to get there, several hours. And when we finally got into the town, we were very much confounded. We came into this town and there were signs, of course, pointing the way to the convent. And you would follow the sign and the arrow, and then you'd find another sign, and you'd follow that and another, several in a row, until all of a sudden you realized, I've seen that sign before. It brought you around in a full circle and you never made it anywhere remotely close to the convent where St. Bernadette was. We did this loop a couple of times trying to figure out if there's some sort of mystery to it until finally neither one of us could stay in the car anymore. We had been there several hours, had drank several cups of coffee, and were quite a bit hungry too. We needed to stretch the legs, but there was nothing around. The only thing we saw as a public place in this circle was a dingy, run-down kebab shop in a Muslim neighborhood. And so there, where we stopped, when we got in there, we figured out it's not so much a kebab shop as I think they sold drugs out the back. But anyways, for good or for bad, here we were. And we ordered a terrible sandwich and we sat down outside in plastic lawn chairs and we were the only two white people surrounded by the proprietor and his friends who were sitting playing cards outside. Well, after a little while, because we had no luck in getting directions from the French, I decided I would ask the Muslims if they knew where St. Bernadette could be found. And when I did this, I was surprised to find that they laid out perfectly clear directions right to the convent. They were happy to assist me, and on we went right to find our prize, St. Bernadette, laying in state. We arrived, and we were so excited. We knelt down, and we prayed, and we spent some time with the great saint there. And after a little while, despite there being a sign about right here next to my head that clearly said no photos. We knew we had to bring something back. 
And so sort of surreptitiously, we both brought out our phones and took a quick little photo of the saint, only to hear this monstrous roar rise up behind us and this screeching banshee of a woman in a pantsuit, one of the nuns, she came running up to us and started screaming at us in French about not taking photos. I, to put her off, played the dumb American card, works like a charm, and she grumbled and went away. Father McGuire and I both had our pictures, and we knew the only reason we were forbidden to take pictures is because they sold them in the bookstore. When we walked out of the convent, both of us had a little chuckle because we realized at that moment that the nuns there, they were just as nasty that day as they were to St. Bernadette so long before. Today, we think about the apparitions of Our Lady of Lourdes and we reflect upon how magnificent they were and how splendid and, and, and miraculous and how wonderful it is to see the statue of it laid out before our eyes. And when we think of St. Bernadette, of course what comes to mind is her perfectly incorrupt form there under glass. And if we think, we think longer, we reflect on how great of a saint she is and how wonderful an intercessor before God she is. And this is all perfectly right and good. But it is a realization that only came to be after her death. Much like Bernadette only found peace and happiness with her, which her face radiates there in the tomb after she entered the next life. Her earthly life was far different. Born to poor peasant parents, she was a very simple child. She lacked education and was even considered by even hagiographers today of low intelligence. But it was this simplicity that drew Our Lady to her that Our Lady couldn't help but love in Bernadette. And she used it to show forth heroic virtue from her and to show forth a true and pure love of God. And she used that simplicity as a means to give to us an all-important message. In the apparitions in the grotto, there were no deep truths revealed. No, when we read about them, what do we see? The first thing Our Lady does, he teaches, she teaches St. Bernadette how to properly make the sign of the cross, nice and slow, nice and large, and reflective. From there, she simply has her pray the rosary along with Our Lady. And that's it. The second apparition comes. We see the simplicity of St. Bernadette even more clearly. Her mother, when she relates the story of what she saw at the grotto the day before, her mother doesn't believe her. 
Several of the neighbors don't either. Perhaps she's being tricked by the devil. And so, to be sure, St. Bernadette, when Our Lady appears again, walks up to her and sprinkles her with holy water to see if she'll disappear. But Our Lady isn't mad about this simple act of faith. It pleases her, and she smiles, and she welcomes her down to pray again. At a certain point, Our Lady does have messages to pass along to the faithful. But what St. Bernadette relates is not something that is, takes anybody to write down. No, the words are penitence, penitence, penitence. And then Bernadette kneels upon the ground and kisses it as an act of penance for sinners. She turns to the crowd and invites everybody to do so and tells them that Our Lady wishes that it happen often for these poor sinners. All along the way, time and again, she finds herself mocked and derided and doubted by those looking on. Yes, people come time and again and the crowd grows larger at the grotto, but also so do her detractors the police and the government official and men of science, they seek not only to disprove her, but to bar her entrance from that little grotto, to put a stop to this poor delusional girl. And the people, even those who believe, they mock her and they laugh at her when she obeys Our Lady and goes and digs in the dirt and the mud and the mire and then begins to try to drink of the parched ground there. Their laughter stops though when miraculously a spring comes forth and even those atheistic doctors have to change their mind and question themselves when they see the blind made to see and the crippled made whole by these fresh waters. After the conclusion of the visions at Lourdes, Bernadette's life didn't get any easier. No, the hardships only increased. The only way she was allowed to enter into the convent at Nevers was because of the Bishop of Nevers' insistence that she be let in. One day he visited her and she was peeling carrots and he said to her that she should end, consider entering with the sisters. Bernadette considered herself completely useless and that they shouldn't take me. No, the Bishop insisted, you have something to give. What are you doing now? I'm peeling carrots. Well, there you have it. You can do that, can't you? Enter into the convent. And so she does. Yet when she finds herself there, she finds that it is a life that is stacked with even more difficulty. The nuns that are supposed to be her sisters in religion, her companions in walking towards Christ, they are all of the nobility. They look down upon her. They give her the lowliest and the dirtiest and the most difficult of tasks, 
clean the latrines, scrub the floors, peel the potatoes, clean the infirmary. They oftentimes mock her for her stupidity, as they call it, and some even doubt in their jealousy that Our Lady would ever appear to someone so foolish. Yet all the while, St. Bernadette continues on quietly, serving God by her work. Even the bishop who intercedes on her part has a cross for her at her profession, deciding then was the time to test her humility. In front of the entire community, he accuses her of the same thing that she accused herself of several years before. Why should I profess you? You're useless. He doesn't mean it, but Bernadette doesn't know that. And yet, she humbly kneels there and simply agrees. It is the answer that the bishop desired to see. And of course, she is professed. And she continues carrying a cross. This is done all the while, while her ailments increase. Many pains and sores come upon her, and including an infection that begins to eat into the bones of her leg. Her asthma becomes worse and worse, robbing her at times of the very necessary breath to live. And yet, all the while, to Bernadette, it is penitence for poor sinners. As her ailments turned into a prolonged process of dying, Bernadette found no relief from the pain and the agony, but she continued to pray, but only for strength and patience, never for relief. At one point in time, a sister had pity on her and told her she would ask Our Lady for a cure. Bernadette rose up and said, No! Lest the Lord see the little nun not willing to suffer a little for one who suffered so much. No, the only intention I ask is that I may have a good death. And after months of agony, this is what she finally found for herself. A good and holy death. Finally surrounded by the prayers of those sisters who had mocked her so often and urged into eternity by the words of a good priest who came to be with her in her dying moments and reminded her of the words that the Blessed Virgin Mary had spoken to her before. Remember, sister, Our Lady's promise. Happiness awaits you in the next life. It's the perfect example for us today. As traditional Catholics, we make everything more complicated than it ought to be. We waste our time so often arguing over minutiae, arguing over highfalutin theories on Twitter, when the true faith is a simple faith and it is made to be recognized by a poor, illiterate little girl. We fight over where exactly the church is to be found. But its recognition, it too, is simple. It is found 
and those who hold the true faith. And no matter who the person is, or if they wear violet or scarlet or even white, if they have not the faith, then they are not part of the church. We find ourselves tempted to look down our noses at those who labor in the darkness of ignorance. But this nasal view too often blocks out the arms of charity, the greatest of virtues that we are all called to practice. We look for a solution to our crises, the crises that we find in our day-to-day life, and even to that of the current state of the church. But we fail to realize that we have not been faithful to heaven's commands. Penitence, penitence, penitence. Penance for sinners. No, we haven't listened, and so the punishment continues. As Lent fast approaches, now is the time for you to quiet and simplify your lives and find sanctity. Set aside time in your days to study your faith. It is the real beacon of truth. It is the true vessel in which we find God. Each day, put aside time to pray in the same fashion of a young peasant girl and also a great saint. Find that spot of quiet, kneel down, and spend some time in prayer, especially some time to thumb along the beads. Be sure to spend time in quiet reflection and meditation It's said of St. Bernadette that oftentimes, as she would do her work about the convent, that people would see this radiant, joyful face upon her as she did menial tasks. At one point, she was asked about it, why she was so joyful. And she replied that she was reflecting, remembering the vision of Our Lady that had come to her so many years before. The Blessed Virgin Mary never visited her again after the series of visions in the grotto. But taking time to think about it and remember it were her favorite thing to do in the day. And with Lent coming, remember a little penance for sinners and your own sins. In this simplicity, our land will be a fruitful one. We will do great good for souls and for our own sanctity. And we'll bring ourselves a little closer to that happiness promised to each and every one of us in the next life. May God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.